What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Game Informer Show, a weekly podcast covering the video game industry. Join us every Thursday for a discussion about the latest gaming news, reviews, and exclusive reveals alongside Game Informer staff and special guests from around the industry. I'm your host today, Alex Van Aken, and I'm joined by Marcus Stewart. How are you, Marcus? I'm feeling good. I'm in a really good mood today. I'm always in a good mood when I'm podcasting with you guys. Hell yeah. Oh, I'm glad you're in a good mood. I am too, uh, because we are rounded out today by Wesley LeBlanc. Hello. How you doing, Wes? I'm doing great. What's up? Excited to be here. Talk about some Hell games yeah. and other things. Yeah. Awesome. Well, you're on the right podcast for that. Yay. Because we do talk about games around here. Uh, how, how, how's your week been? I feel like I haven't talked to either of you in... Since last week when we recorded? I guess so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it seems a lot longer. It seems a lot longer. You know, absence makes the heart grow fonder, as they say. Yes, yes. Uh, it's good. I'm I'm prepping for a, a vacation I'm taking soon. Gonna Ooh, that's nice. Go recharge the batteries. Uh, yeah. It's funny because I didn't, I wasn't total, totally consciously aware when I planned this, but I'm kicking it off in the best way because this weekend is WrestleMania, as I alluded to last week. Oh, yeah. So, you know, that's very much up my alley. Two nights of awesomeness. And then we did confirm you're wrestling in WrestleMania, which is why yes. you're probably taking vacation. Well, because Bray Wyatt dropped out, you know, we don't know what's going on with that. So I had to take his place mm-hmm. to, to fill up a spot on the card. Triple H gave yeah. me a call and it's like, we, we need you. Okay. Yeah. Now's I get it. Yeah. I get it. I yeah. wish you the best. I will be rooting for you. I've got one of those big uh, foam fingers I'll be wearing those in your good. honor. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be nice. Hopefully it's the right. It's a good finger. A flattering yeah. finger. Yeah. 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 It is. Um, I uh I was at pa- I don't know if you can tell, I'm sick. Um oh, no. yeah, again. This is I've been sick this twice in two weeks. Yeah, this month, I feel like. <laughs> yeah, how does I that am... happen? Your immune system's supposed to like no, give you the a... first one was a stomach virus. This one's a head cold. Ah. So I guess they're two different things and my immune system's just like, I guess this is us now. I don't know. But I was at PAX East, which is where I got this. Uh, luckily, PAX Plague. Yeah, luckily I'm testing negative for COVID still. So hope that, fingers crossed, it stays the case. Um, but PAX East was awesome. I got to see a lot of uh, old friends. I met some fans of the Game Informer show that came up to me throughout the show. Oh, nice. Uh, a few of them. So Did they give that a five-star really cool. review? I, I hope so. I hope so. I didn't ask. I should, <laughs> like, I should have had them pull their own phone. They said, yeah. That. Hey, can you pull your phone out and go to Apple Podcasts for me real quick? And then I write the review myself <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on their phone. Um, no, so that was cool. Uh, I was on a panel about video game music. It was standing room only. Like we packed out a pretty big what? room. That's People awesome. hanging from cool. the rafters. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Can you um, watch that anywhere? Yeah, it was uh, streamed on the main Twitch channel or Twitch main PAX Twitch page okay, or the PAX 3 Twitch page. But yeah, it was Saturday night. Uh, it was 6, thir- 6 p.m. Yeah. Were you ranking uh, so like, you soundtracks and stuff or what? We each picked a soundtrack from a game and went head to head. Mine was Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze. Interesting uh, choice. That's a good also one. Very good. Yeah. I yeah. Very good. I I had a lot of uh, a lot of passionate Donkey Kong fans come up to me afterwards, and uh, they were very <laughs> sour. It didn't didn't go my way. They so passionate service. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I did uh, play a, a few games. I wanted to talk about real quick. That's Ooh. cool. Um, I just went for PTO. I didn't go for work, but I I still wanted to go and, and play new games and just uh, yeah see what see what was new on the show floor. I played Demon School. Which one of you have one of you played that in a preview? Uh, I don't think I have. Mm-mm. Okay, it's this uh, tactical, uh, turn-based, um, uh, you know, uh, tactics game, but it's like narrative-driven as well. It's got a like, really cool uh, art style where it's um, it's th- it's all three D. Um, well, a lot of the space, a lot of the levels are three D and have like that cool distorted pixel effect kind of like a signalis did mm. right um but like the character sprites are um are like 2d pixel art so it's a cool it's a cool style uh it's being uh published by uh eastbird games 
they did like world of horror and a couple other things yeah uh, and necrosoft games is, is developing this but yeah it's a it's a tactics rpg and it was a lot of fun i really it's like very gory and like very horror driven they're like playing as these four young adults who are stuck in hell um and and yeah i i, I think they're also like in they're at a university um on like this weird island i don't it's 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 wacky but it, i really liked it it kind of gave me like saturday morning cartoon vibes if mm. saturday morning cartoons were gory <laughs> gory and giant skulls that exploded into blood and eyeballs were also a thing i think that's saturday morning as in like 1 a.m <laughs> yeah it's swim. actually Adult morning <laughs> with a u yeah saturday morning with a u but yeah I, I i enjoyed it one of the characters couldn't attack they could only heal you know typical like uh certain enemies are weak to certain elements and certain characters you know uh have different attributes and special abilities it's standard fare but i thought like the presentation it was all packed in was really fun um and it was also like it was pretty challenging um i think they definitely had one of the characters like cranked up to 11 in terms of stats like he dodged every like i was down to one character and for like seven turns he avoided every attack that was went his way um i was like clearly this guy's on like god mode or something like stat is 100 yeah but i played this like big boss fight where uh it was this giant like eldritch skeleton that uh was summoning these waves of enemies and also the skeleton would like sweep the battlefield so you had to like be moving out of the way of his attacks and then he would like claw the ground and if you hit like three of his fingers when he clawed the ground like if your next turn you you took out those fingers then uh you would expose like his weak point which was his skull would split in two and this giant nucleus eye brain looking thing would plop out onto the ground and you had to go up and hit that. And that's how you did damage to the boss. It, it was cool. I liked it a lot. Um, so that was Demon School. Is that coming out this year? I Let me check the Steam page real quick. I believe it, it just says coming soon on Steam. Mm. Uh, it doesn't say 2023 or anything. So I imagine it's sort of like one of those when it's ready situations. Yeah. I played Mina the Hollower again. Uh, it was a mostly the same build we had, but there were new weapons. So I tried out the hammer. I tried out the daggers. Um, that was cool. I mean, it was the same press demo we've all seen before. If you want to see that demo, you can go to YouTube, GameInformer.com. Uh, YouTube.com slash GameInformer, excuse me, sorry. And we've got the whole demo up for there. But yeah, there were a couple new weapons and stuff like that. So it was cool catching up with the Yacht Club people. Oh, I did play... This might be my game of the show in terms of what I personally played. Pacific Drive. Uh, oh, yeah. Ooh, you got to I got play to it? play it. Well, yeah. So you wrote a preview for that, Wes, right? Recently? Yeah, it was a virtual hands-off thing. They just showed me 30 minutes of gameplay, which was cool, cool to look at. But that kind of game, as I'm sure Alex learned, like you do want to play it, I think, to get a feel of what it is. Yeah, I played for about 20 minutes or so. I'm curious if it's the same build they played for you. Uh, I was like, it started off, I was at a gas station. With like a garage and stuff? Yeah, I wasn't in the garage. I was outside at like a gas pump. And there was like a Volkswagen that I had to repair before I could start. But man, that game is going to be really cool, I think. I yeah. loved playing it. Um, That's your um, one vehicle in the game. It is that Vol- Volkswagen. It's like the hatchback. Yeah. Car. Yeah. Um, yeah. One thing, one thing I was confused on, I didn't realize you could get out of the car in that game. Mm-hmm. I was under the impression you were just in the car the whole time. And I talked to a couple other people that were under the same impression. But no, like you're getting out, you're going and scavenging parts from other vehicles. You got to repair your vehicle like on the fly. And yeah. Like at one point I was missing a door. So like I went and found like this, you know, broken down car and it didn't have anything really on it, but it did have one door. And so I had a tool that I detached the door and picked it up and put it on my car and installed it. Um, I found like armor plates for my car. Uh, it, it was a lot of fun. I And I also really like the, the interior of the car. Yeah. Um, and how there's like the map is diegetic. It's like in game. 
you've got like a, a panel console next to you that you're referencing and you have to like physically turn your character's head to like look at the map and then that's like your eyes are off the road when you're doing that so it's like oh i gotta kind of manage go back and forth make sure i'm not driving into i like the hazards that were on the road you could drive into like these like <laughs> spike pits like demons i don't know not yeah, demons, anomalies like, uh, i think is what anomalies yeah. and it's like oh there's like just a chainsaw that is like you know i just felt like i was in like a old like retro shooter or like a, a platforming game like where there's like oh now there's spikes yeah but like it's in this driving game what was the um driving like because it seemed i mean i don't know when i'm driving in first person it's chaotic because uh-huh. like I, I usually just drive third person in games so i was curious like does it feel good to drive first person do you yeah, feel like I you can so. maneuver easily i'm typically somebody who also avoids first person i feel like the field of view is always a little too obscured yeah or a little too uh narrow i guess but no it felt really good i i thought i could tell the differences when i was driving on different surfaces as well like even like Ooh, going nice. from like dirt to mud was noticeable i i could really tell when one of my tires was damaged uh it, it was it was pretty like i it was easy to navigate in the sense that like I was never like going off the path that I was trying to be on unless there was something wrong with my car or it was intentionally like rough terrain. But like in general, I got to where I wanted to go and was able to navigate, you know, the environmental challenges um, appropriately. Nice. But yeah, I, I came away really positive from Pacific Drive. Was the radio on? We we didn't get to hear the radio, and a lot of us asked like what the music selection is going to be because that seems like a vibe part of the game, and they didn't tell yeah. us anything. I had my headphones off for half of it, to be mm-hmm. fair, because okay. I was talking to um, the developer. Gotcha. Um, is that game like one a of the period piece? Like, is it set during a specific era to where the they, soundtrack would be? We asked, and they did not tell us specifically, but I get the sense it's like eighties or nineties. Um, but it's tough to say. It's just an old car, and it looks 80s or 90s to me, but I don't know. Okay. Yeah. I was wondering if like, the soundtrack would be a big part of selling the uh, the time period. I was like, what, yeah. what, what tunes can we, can I expect? Some the car almost out? reminds me of the Ghostbusters car, the Volkswagen. Uh, is that just from the new movie, or is that from the old ones, too? Well, the, the Ecto-1 is a hearse that they repurposed into the Ecto-1. Yeah, like in I the guess. in the fran- in the canon. Volkswagen. Yeah, I, I don't. I'm not a Ghostbusters guy. Uh, I'm just trying to relay what it looked like. Okay, yeah, but you this know, it's similar. similar it's it. that vibe. The it's that vibe of the Ecto one where there's like they got a big weird butt. gadgets hanging out. Yeah. Um, and like it's this older car that has these futuristic gadgets attached. Similar vibe. That game looks. That game feels like it's going to be a sleeper. Like a sleeper hit potentially because every time I hope it's not a sleeper hit because it's cool as hell. Well, yeah. I say that because it's one of those games that when I think about uh, titles I'm excited for, it never pops to the front of my mind. And I think because if you don't see it that often, but then every time it does make an appearance or somebody does a preview like Wes's, and I'm like, man, it sounds cool. Like every time yeah. it, it gets a little bit cooler and cooler, and it's like this is gonna be a, a thing. Hopefully, it, this this seems like this has potential, and I feel like just gauging the reactions to it it seems to be getting more traction of like that hype yeah i i really enjoyed it i think they're self-publishing it too ironwood studios yeah they actually made the studio to make this game it's a playstation 5 exclusive too i think yeah it's supposed it's slated for 2023 yeah okay and you said it's a ps5 exclusive Wes? console exclusive yeah and then it'll be on uh pc as well but um yeah yeah because i think playstation revealed it at that state of play in September last year. Um, I think they need to show more because I do get the sense it'll be a sleeper hit because it seems like a very cool game. And based on what Alex is saying, having played it in my preview of it, it is one to watch for, but like they need to put more info out because I don't think people have a good grasp of what it is yet. Yeah. I, uh, like I said, Pacific drive, probably my game of the show. Uh, really liked it. That's awesome. You got to play it. Very jealous yeah it was cool it was cool i wish i had that build that i could just play at home yeah um yeah it's a roguelite too which i don't know if we mentioned but 
or maybe rogue, yeah roguelike or rogue not roguelike uh, it's just run based run based that's so you're yeah, going yeah. back to the garage yeah i don't think it's roguelike i was gonna say they uh, missed an opportunity by calling it a road light <laughs> <laughs> that's funny actually yeah um no i think it is run based yeah but i think they're yeah i'm not sure though the structure if, if you like <laughs> fail you drop some of your materials not all of them and you can go yeah. back and get them okay so yeah, yeah okay. just like real life you know like when you get into an accident and then yeah collecting yeah, your materials is uh getting your insurance claim it's kind of yeah. similar <laughs> yeah figuring out yeah. your new life is a yeah exactly uh and then lastly i played friends versus friends which is a 1v1 card based shooter it's that crazy art style one yeah it looks yeah. awesome I, I love the art style isn't okay. it um, god is someone i'm trying to think like this isn't it like a big indie studio making that uh raw fury's publishing it okay maybe i'm thinking of raw fury themselves i forget I, it's like it felt like it was coming from like a known the developer's brainwash game i don't think i yeah. recognize okay because I, I am vaguely aware of this game like i know i've seen it yeah it's it's been making the rounds on like twitter as well for like screenshot saturday and that kind of thing um but oh yeah it's it's so it's it combines uh, a 1v1 fps with deck building and hear me out hear me out <laughs> it's a lot of fun it's it was between this and pacific drive for my game of the show i really like this thing um you know some of the cards will give you like oh now you're you have poison rounds in your pistol you know but each of you start in this symmetrical um 1v1 arena and i've like for instance i played in a train station against my friend mike and um the cards i had were you know they're randomized and i think you only have a limited amount in your deck so like you, if you spend all of yours in the first round you're gonna have less later on mm, that's cool are you choosing your cards or is it are you going through them in like yeah, a neon like are you building I think deck? you're build I think you're building a deck in my demo I had a pre-selected deck but I believe yeah you're going to be building your own deck. Um so like one of my cards was it made my enemy it made him his head big so like he was easier to hit. Uh one of the rounds and actually the round that like won me the match was we were on this train station right and um if you jump into the subway, like the train pit, the train can run you over. Well, he had jumped into the subway uh, line and I activated a card that made him made it so he couldn't jump. And so he got stuck and got ran over by the train and I won the match. That's awesome. Um, and then there's other ones that are like activate this card to get a shotgun, you know, um, or activate this to place down a landmine. Yeah. It's hard to think like... of neon white a little bit. Yeah, I know it's yeah not, it doesn't sound like as much of a platform, it's not, but just the yeah, shooting it's... and car, like even the, the way the UI is laid out. It's really the deck is your inventory that is randomized, uh, and it's a fun way to do that. But yeah, it's not like discard this card to to sprint or to like soar through the air. You know, like it's not a platform like neon white. Yeah. Um, It's very zany. I I really like the art style it's a we i think it's an art style that like some people are gonna hate it just it's really up my alley it's kind of like shell shade uh cell shaded yeah cell shaded like uh it's there's a grime to it right kind of like a it, it, it's got like an indie graphic novel sort of look to it yeah i, I really dig it it's very vibrant um and just kind of a little dirty and, uh, yeah. really and a little like pixelated that. too, like purposely. Like it's yeah, not, yeah, per yeah, yeah. Yeah, like it almost goes for like a not quite like PS one era, but there's like a a low resolution on the textures that definitely harkens that era a little yeah. bit. Yeah, yeah, and everything's like outlined in black, so it's got like a very everything pops and is like it looks like a car a dirty pixelated cartoon in some ways. Yeah, comes on during the same time as Demon School. It, it comes on at yeah. two a.m. Yeah, it's like if Borderlands was made in the PS2 generation or something. Yeah, I can see that. I, I really liked it. Again, it's called Friends versus Friends, published by Raw Fury. And I think I'm looking to see if there's a release date. No, it just says coming soon. Uh, it, it was pretty polished. I really liked it. I hope to see 
more of that game this year. I think I would really, really enjoy that. Please release in 2023. Maybe not. There's already so many big games. But yeah, so that was my time at PAX East. I got to see a lot of great friends. I got to uh, see Matt, our, our podcast editor, uh, again and hang out. So that was cool. Uh, it was a great time. Yeah, you guys seem like the group at PAX. I kept like any. If I saw a picture <laughs> or tweets or whatever. Like I was like, I think to oh, be fair, I think group. every group at PAX feels like the group. Of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah I wanted I wanted to be in your guys's group. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could have been if you come. Did you win karaoke? You you swore that you would last week. I I di- they didn't have a lot of the songs I wanted to sing, but I did sing um, "Burn It Up" by the Jonas Brothers. That's a good one. Did it have the rap? Yes, and Cam Hawkins did the rap. Amazing. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. But yeah, that was PAX. It was it was cool. I I I wish like we as a company did PAX more. I would love for us to do a panel one day. Yeah, right. Uh, that'd, yeah. Be, that'd be awesome. Just a GI panel. Let us know if you want that, listeners. We should make it happen. That's untapped potential. No other sites doing that from what I've seen. That'd be cool to do like a Game Informer panel. Give out Game Informer golds. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That would be cool. Look at us workshopping ideas on a podcast. (laughs) I know. I know. (laughs) Well, yeah, that was PAX East. Wes, you've been playing a video game I was really looking forward to. Were you, Alex? I was really, I was intrigued, right? I was (laughs) I I remember we talked about this in a previous episode, and I think I shared your excitement, but it was a, it was an ironic excitement. (laughs) And I felt like the same. Wes, you you reviewed Crime Boss Rocky City. Yeah. Sure did. Yeah. It's <laughs> um, hear the enthusiasm. Yeah. Well, what's up with that game? Well, for 20 to 24 hours, um I have been uh I put time into a game that is probably the worst game, easily the worst game I've played since I've been at GI. <laughs> Possibly the worst game I've played as an adult who like looks at things critically it is a mess on almost every single level so so basically what this game is if you don't and, and for reference this is that like fps that has like every actor from yeah. the 80s under the sun it had that very awkward uh game awards yeah. presentation with michael madsen and the security guards yeah <laughs> yeah Where every, it looked like even they weren't sure what the bit was <laughs> i'm still not sure that this game knows what it is after playing a lot of it um so basically what it is or says it is is an organized crime strategy game um that's also a roguelite and a first person like heist game so the strategy part is you have a map and there's like 30 different turfs to win and you try to get all of them to complete your run and become the crime king of Rocky City. Um, so that's really... As one does. Yeah, easy. Yeah, um, happens all the time. You basically like select your missions there and sometimes you're attacking and defending your turf from rival gangs and other times you are playing these missions. Almost every mission boils down to steal something and get away in your van. Um, which could be cool. You know, there's games that build entire, you know, experiences around that, like um, Payday or even Grand Theft Auto V and all their heists. But these missions are lacking any fun or challenge or anything. Like there are missions where the bonus objective is like complete this in seven and a half minutes. And so I elope, I boot in, I've got my three gang members with me and I just walk right up to the loot, take it and I'm into my van maybe 50 seconds later. I don't know what the game thought that mission was going to be, but it was simple, easy. Just, and the thing is, is it's pushing, it wants you to like be stealthy. It, it thinks that it's like stealthy in like an immersive sim way, you know, blow up gas cans or throw rocks to get people over here. But instead it's just a, a level is littered with like 10 NPCs who all look basically the same. Most of them are the same model, I would say. And you can get right behind them and stealth kill them, which the game like pushes you to do. But then the second you do that, you have your your man in your ear, Nasra is his name, who scolds you. And then you get in trouble for killing people. So you're not supposed to kill people, but you're stealthing, blah, blah, blah. Then you make your way into a warehouse or a bank or some nondescript location. And you just take loot 
and it puts it in bags and then you carry the loot back to the van which could be fun but there's no excitement there's no systems interplaying with each other like you really are just either sprinting straight there grabbing the loot and leaving and you can do that often without getting caught because the npcs are to that like 2005 stupid like they might as well be yeah, i was gonna ask like what's the level of resistance you're facing there's no real resistance that feels fair like you're not the game is not interacting with you on a fair level there is resistance and that sometimes when you do get caught all of a sudden these become the most difficult npcs ever your weapons do nothing to them they just charge you you're surrounded by like 20 npcs out of nowhere cops start showing up and you have like a heat meter like gta style then the SWAT team shows up. My NPCs rarely did anything. Sometimes they wouldn't even follow me through the level. They would just be sitting at the front of the level and I'm walking through and then I get bombarded. Like I rarely felt when I failed a mission or died, I rarely felt like it was my fault. And that's just like on a gameplay level. Like none of it, none of the systems work together. It's not fun. It's agonizingly boring. Every mission is basically the same. And often you will be doing the exact same mission even though it's a different mission, but you will load into the level and you'll be like, I have robbed this bank before. Everything, all the objectives are the same. I have to do the exact same thing I just did an hour ago. And you do that a lot because it's a roguelite. So you're going to see the same missions a lot and it gets really boring really quickly, especially because cutscenes play before them. I didn't mention this in my review because it might be my PC, but I had really bad load times. Like I actually kept a book beside me to read during the loading oh my god <laughs> like it was like you finished war and peace in the time yeah <laughs> it was like minutes of loading um so yeah for me like the game did not work on a basic like how do these systems interact with each other level and then the worst part was that there was like bugs on top of that making it even more difficult to play so the worst defender your ta- your your turf will be attacked and you have to defend it and in my experience most of the time I had more turf attacks than I was able to handle. And so I would always lose turf by default each day. And it felt not fair. There was no system in place to like allow me to defend myself because you only get a certain number of soldiers to defend with. And let's say I have 30 soldiers. I can't get any more, but the game will be like three people are attacking your turf, but it requires 30 soldiers to defend one. So I'm giving up those other two by default. And it happened. I was like, maybe I'm doing something wrong. Maybe I'm not upgrading no, I'm hitting max soldiers and then I start a new day because you go day by day and like the game just sends turf I can't defend. So I'm losing turf by default. And for whatever reason with these turf missions, when I load in, you have to defeat all of their enemies. And it tells you like there's 20 enemies here, defeat them all. And then the captain comes out, you defeat him. Could be cool. But every time I loaded into one of these turf defense missions, the enemies would be invisible and only their guns would be floating in the air. So now I'm having... That's just John Cena. (laughs) Yeah, 30 John Cenas. So now I'm having to defend my turf against 30 enemy soldiers that I have to kill in order to defend my turf, or I lose it to that gang, but I can't see the enemies. And the visuals are so generic and nondescript that like the guns don't really stand out. So you're just... I'm just kind of spraying and hoping that I'm hitting people. And I often lost turf because of that. And it was like that one bug... I wrote in my review, it was like a, it's like a domino that falls and knocks everything off because I lose turf because of that bug. I lose a lot of money as a result. Now that I have less turf, I'm making less money each day. So I don't have the money I need to replenish my forces. So the next day when the game throws three enemies attacking my turf, I don't have the soldiers I need to defend the turf. And it's just like, it all falls apart um, because of that bug. And it was extremely frustrating. There were updates while I was playing the game Still hasn't been fixed um, at the time of this recording. And then, you know, captions were incorrect often. If I pa- if you paused during cinematics or cutscenes, often the game would pause, the visuals would pause, but the audio would keep playing. And then when you unpause, now it's out of sync. What? Menus, menus were freezing on me. I'd have to exit out. Like the UI menu would freeze, like trying to find a mission or something would freeze. So I'd have to exit out to the main menu bugs galore which they can fix that sure i don't even think this game is worth touching when those things are fixed because none of it is fun it's repetitive it's boring and it was like i couldn't believe i it felt like a video game that you'd see in a movie or a tv show like it's that generic that fast 
like I do a mission and 30 seconds later it's over and I'm like there was no challenge the game was not pushing back against me am I missing something here like and I don't think I am because after 24 hours you know I've experienced the same game the same way um and then on yeah. top of all that these this cast is a uh, the cast names are cool, but their performances, and I don't necessarily think it's their fault. The writing is terrible, but like terrible performances. Often it sounded like I, I was joking with um, a friend. I was like, it feels like they like used cameo to get these celebrities to perform lines and then just inserted those lines into the game. Sometimes it sounds like they're recording on a phone. Other times studio quality. Never so did to say we might have buried the lead a little bit because this is the game that has like yeah a Michael... giant star-studded cast of people you might have really liked in the '80s and '90s. Yes, Michael Madsen, Chuck Norris, Kim Bassinger, Danny Trejo, Vanilla Ice, uh, Michael Danny Rooker, Glover. Danny Glover. Uh, I think that's everybody. But their performances are really, really bad. They Vanilla Ice is um he's like one of the the gang leads. His character is very annoying and just calls like there's a scene um, where when you first meet him, he's talking with a guy like in a rap booth or like a studio booth and this girl's talking and then he's like, um, shut up, bitch. And then she stops talking and then she talks again and he's like, what did I tell you? Shut up, bitch. And then they keep going and then she says something again and then him and the other guy turn around and the camera like zooms in on them and they're like, we said, shut up, bitch. Like they, it's, the it's, hell? it felt, I mean, I don't know if they're trying to evoke. Is that 90s. supposed to be a joke? I don't know. And then Michael Rooker's character calls like every enemy, like fruitcake. There's a con gang that they just call the Asian gang and they call them savages and commies. And like all the, the typical, like, like jokes you'd make, like in a really like crappy nineties movie are here. But like not the not the fun ones you remember from ninety ones. It's the ones where it's like we left that language like behind uh, in the nineties. Yeah, or it's like the ones trying to chase the success of the of those movies that were actually good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it's, it's like the, it's the double team of video games starring John Claude yeah. Van Damme and Dennis Rodman. <laughs> it feels like they're going for like that GTA style of like crude and like explicit humor, but they're missing the like edge and the. The satire that like makes GTA succeed in doing that kind of writing. Here it just like comes off as like crass and you know at times offensive and just like just lazy. It's just lazy writing. Like the jokes never landed. I was not smiling or laughing at any of these supposed jokes. And also like hearing Michael Rooker's character, whose name is Captain Touchdown, call the Chico game a bunch of fruitcakes like every single mission. It's just like, dude, like that's so, it's just such lazy writing or like, um, God, I'm trying to think of some other things like that, but yeah, it's just, it was just cringe, like very cringe. Can I ask who, um, Captain Fruitcake or is it, or what was it? What is he called? Cap Captain calls Touchdown calls everyone else fruitcakes. Okay, so his frequency of these of fruitcakes versus crispy critters, which one is more, <laughs> which one is more grating? There's more crispy critters in Atomic Heart. Okay, but you wondering. do hear fruitcake a lot, and they like it's just weird. Like I don't know what who these jokes are for. Like they comment that one of the gangs like smell like they make fun of the fact that they wear like cologne a lot or perfume. Um, it's just like such weird. <laughs> weird humor and it doesn't work at least it didn't work for me and i don't think i mean maybe it works for other people but i don't know i did not like it and then on top of that the performances are terrible like they don't sell these characters well at all um that's kind of why are they terrible in the sense that it seems like they didn't care like they i don't think interested yes that for sure chuck norris say, like is like the best phoning it in for sure michael madsen's probably the best but he also has the most to work with. Kim Bassinger is really only there for Michael Madsen to like flirt with. Um, Michael Rooker, his captain touchdown is like your strong, strong man in your gang or like right hand man type of person. Um, yeah. But he's just, I mean, it's just Michael Rooker. Like he's just kind of screaming and, you know, profanities and shooting at people. And Michael Madsen's, I, I don't know. It's, 
I don't want to say it's a shame because I can't. I mean, I don't, we didn't know what this game was. We got that one trailer and that was basically it. So I don't know what this game was supposed to be, but I would say none of it worked for me at all. Yeah, the roguelike thing throws me off. I think I don't I don't remember if that was clear in that first trailer. I think everyone walked away thinking it was just like a payday clone with celebrities. Yeah, and it that's, sounds yeah. like it's not really that. That's what I that's the impression I got. And um, the roguelike thing is this game would be better if it was not a roguelike. Like if you were just completing these missions, it wouldn't be that much better because I think the missions are boring and repetitive and lacking in fun, even when you're playing with like real life players. Um, but it's the roguelite is like, it's such a strange design choice to me. And my I wrote this in my review, um, which should be live now if you're listening to this, but it, if not, it's going live soon. When you die, which again, as I mentioned earlier, never felt like my, my fault. It felt like the game failed me. Like I wasn't, there was nothing I could do to be better at that run. It was always like, oh, this bug screwed me. Or, oh, all of a sudden, 30 SWAT members showed up out of nowhere from helicopters. I just had no chance to survive. Every time you die, Chuck Norris, who's the sheriff of the town, like looks at the screen at you and breaks the fourth wall. And he's like, what? I told you I was going to get you. What did you do wrong this time? What, what, what? did you? How did you mess up this time? What went like wrong this time? Like a PSA, yes. like a, <laughs> like he's breaking the fourth wall, what? asking me why I failed this run, and <laughs> it's infuriating because it never felt like my fault. So I'm like, Chuck Norris, shut up, shut up. This wasn't my fault. <laughs> We've all wanted to tell Chuck Norris to shut up. Yes, um, and yeah, like do not do not spend money on this game. Like I would like. Don't play it. Even if you're like, well, I want to see. Like, this sounds kind of crazy. It's You're not even going to find enjoyment on a, oh, this is bad level. Like, there's no, it's just bad. It's not worth your money. It's not worth your time. I don't think there's anything worth checking out here. Um, and I'm sure somebody has uploaded clips of the terrible dialogue and cutscenes on YouTube. So you don't even have to worry about not seeing that. Yeah, I definitely want to see that stuff. Do you know if this game's coming to Game Pass? Because it seems like it should or would I... I don't know it's supposed to come out on console later it's just pc right now um oh i didn't know they were doing a stagger yeah okay. and they need to take their time because the pc version was pretty buggy yeah i'm still not i'm i'm still on the fence wes you know <laughs> <laughs> i mean don't just don't say i didn't warn you like it's i'm kidding it was i the fruitcake stuff that really sold you yeah, uh, I haven't um, man. looked at <laughs> being scolded by Chuck Norris. <laughs> I haven't seen too much other reviews just because I don't think this was like a big release. Um, but I would be shocked if I if anybody is like thrilled on this. It doesn't feel like it's one of those situations where the game didn't click with me and I didn't like it and maybe it will click with others. It generally feels like, no, this is bad. This is um, something's wrong here like this. This game is missing a lot um, of focus and time and effort. I don't, I'm not effort. I shouldn't say that. Um, you know, the developers worked hard on this game, I'm sure, but somewhere in the process, it turned out to be just a massive dud for me. Yeah. It seems like they're trying to sell it uh, more on name value than, yeah. you know, <laughs> quality. It's kind of crazy to me because they're, the performances are really bad. <laughs> so. Like, if you boot this up, you're going to be like, oh, I'm so excited for these characters from the 90s and 80s. And then you hear them and you're like, oh, no, this is not this is not good. What score did you give it? Um, I Right now, it's going to be a three, I think. Review's not up yet. Could change, but. It'll be up by the time people listen to this, probably. Yeah. As uh, of this recording, you're kind of uh, three. Yeah. Um, which is painful on our review scale, which is how I would describe my time with um, Rock A City. Wow. Well, I hope you're prepared for the Vanilla Ice diss track that's coming your way, Wes. Uh, bring it on, <laughs> Vanilla Ice. His um, gonna, name in the game build is... build a house around you and trap you. <laughs> His name in the in the game is Melo Hielo, H-I-E-L-O, based on the captions, which is... Wait, Hello? Melo Hello? Hielo is how they were saying it. Mielo, like they were going like Mielo Hielo. Um, and Tielo, I'm probably saying that wrong, is Spanish for ice. So his name is like Mellow Ice. And I didn't what? have a I didn't have a place to put this in my review because it's very um, niche and like you know reviews aren't about just like hitting every single point that you dislike about the game. Um, so I didn't include this. But like when you're loading, there's like little 
world building things at the bottom of the screen like oh this city is famous for its canals it's the second most like popular tourist destination outside of new york in the u.s or something like that there was one that mellow yellow got his name because when he was a kid he used to sell chilled ice on the street like chilled water with ice and that's how he got the name yellow mellow hello yellow because he sold ice water because he sold <laughs> ice water and i was like I what the heck is that like i want to what lazy kid <laughs> not even a lemonade stand just like oh, i got some ice water the, the, the like the thesis of that little fact was like he's been a businessman since he was a kid and i'm like dude he sold ice water <laughs> like that is not i don't know bad um <laughs> funny enough vanilla ice's performance like the actual words like coming out of his mouth like sounded the best like he wherever he recorded good mic and he was the most into his role, I think. Whereas the other people I felt like were just, um, I don't know if they knew they were in a game for real. Yeah. Vanilla Ice is like, last I checked, he's like cool now, right? Like, I mean, like a good person, isn't he supposed to be pretty like, all right, oh. like built houses for people and stuff. Isn't that like his thing? I don't know. That'd be awesome. He played at the um, fairgrounds by my house two years ago. You do the ninja rap? I didn't go. <laughs> <laughs> But it yeah. sounds like we wow. shouldn't go to this game either. Nope. <laughs> yeah. Do not go to Rock A City. Oh, man. That stinks. I was really looking forward to um, really enjoying uh, the landscape of Rock A City. But Marcus. Hi. What's another game about landscapes that's maybe good? Oh, you know, that reminds me of this cool game I've been playing recently called Terra Nil. Oh, Terra Nil? What's that? So it's like Rock A City if you remove the human beings <laughs> and dialogue uh-huh. and uh, uh-huh. architecture for the okay. most part. And okay. you just kind of started from the beginning. You just went back to basics, back to nature, you know? Oh, okay. So this is a cool game that's been it's been floating around for a good while. I believe you've played it too, Alex. Um, yeah, yeah. Where it's basically like a reverse city builder. In that instead of constructing civilization, you're trying to restore nature to a, like, basically a wasteland. (laughs) Um, So, you know, you're trying to grow grass, you're trying to uh, establish rivers and trees, and you're just trying to... Clean the oceans. Yeah, like, you're cleaning up the, the atmosphere and trying to basically make your plot of land suitable for living and for life um so i've only played a a couple of i guess rounds we'll say but the way the game unfolds is that you get a map it's just this dead patch of dirt think like an empty starcraft level sure just barren because you're in space right you're on a planet Uh, in space are you you're on a planet yeah. Okay. I, I, I guess I all planets all are technically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you're on this uh, worthless patch of dirt, and you start out by having uh, a very limited tools, and you have to meet certain conditions for the environment to unlock the next uh, tool that you can add to the world. So you start out by having a machine that can remove poison from the soil so that you're able to grow stuff, and then from there you can grow grass. And uh, every machine has, like, a set radius of how much yeah. you can do there. So, like, oh, I'm going to put the grass machine here. It can grow grass to a certain extent. And a lot of the strategy comes in in trying to fill in as much of the space with grass as possible. So you're kind of having to strategically arrange your machines, almost like like puzzle pieces. of Like, okay, if I start on the borders, then everything you know, going outwards is going to be covered and then I'm going to put the machine just at the border of that so that there's no gaps between in terms yeah. of how much grass there is. And uh, you get uh, points that uh, basically dictate how livable the environment is. And from there, you can get machines that... You can get like the... Uh, um, you can get one that like creates river, like puts water into dry riverbeds. Yeah, and you then, can get one that like cuts new riverbeds with a but laser, then it's at the but ex- it, 
defense of making the area around it uh it basically destroys the land again so you have to yeah. rebuild around it so it's like a trade-off yeah and all uh, of this is powered by like solar wind wind powered grids yeah you're that's placing actually down these windmills do. yeah yeah because all the machines have to be near it to generate power from it uh so you're kind of strategically putting down your sources of power so that all the other machines that uh depend on it can function and so yeah if you're playing the normal mode it's a lot of it is trying to build the most livable and effective ecosystem with the limited sort of uh I guess points, I don't I don't have a word for it, but you you have an allotted amount of points and every machine you put down spends those points. You have to be very thoughtful about okay, if I put down uh this big tree, it's going to sprout an entire forest, but first I have to do a controlled burn and that's going to, you know, bring things down, but also it'll give me nutritious ash that I can use for other just structures or or plants that rely on it. And it sort of becomes a balancing act as you uh, unlock more systems, because eventually you'll get to the point where you're sort of managing the humidity levels of the land. And then like certain items can only survive at a, like a certain threshold of the humidity. So I found this out the hard way where I had a pretty lush landscape where I had different biomes where you, I was like, okay, I have wetlands over here by the rivers. And then on the opposite side, I've got this giant forest. And as I'm adding more things, I'm watching the little sort of ticker go up. And you have this meter that dictates these optional objectives of like, oh, if you reach, if your environment reaches this level of livability, then you'll get salmon that can swim in your rivers. Or it'll, you'll basically get to create rain and then rain will start happening. And then that can cause grass to grow on its own. Uh, But then... Uh, there's one item or well, yeah, one item where you can put bees nest in the trees and those help pollinate and basically create flower fields. But the bees can only survive if the world is in a certain humidity. And I had passed that not realizing because I oh, was no. chasing sort of like the optional objectives where I was like, oh, I am making everything better, but I've also reached a point where I can't put bees down anymore. And one of the main objectives requires me to have a certain amount of flower beds and I was like, oh, I don't know. And I still don't know. I haven't played enough to like, can I go back? Like, can I put something down that'll rate lower the, you know, temperature or whatever it is to where I can put bees again? <laughs> you might be able to, uh, depending on what level you're in, because every level has a different set of buildings. And some are like present in every level. But for instance, like the first world, uh, there's a, uh, effectively you can incinerate the land and buildings around an area. Is it the controlled burn? Time? Yeah, because I've done those so I don't know, times. I don't know if you can do a controlled burn in that area. It didn't. It didn't lower anything, or it didn't lower the the requirement. Or, but could you could you do it to get rid of, um, the buildings that are like helping you get high humidity, or did you not have those special buildings? Uh, I don't think it. That? I've done it around like machinery, but it okay. didn't seem to destroy that. It only seemed to destroy like foliage. Okay, but like okay. the buildings I put down remain. I don't know if there are other buildings that are flammable. Basically, I think yeah, I think but... some of the buildings might be flammable. Um, also, I'm I didn't realize sure. how like extensive the controlled burn was. Where I thought it would kind of burn itself <laughs> out after a while, yeah. and then the first time I used it, I watched it, it more goes. as it just swept way past the area that I want to burn, and it just kept because it'll pretty much go <laughs> until it hits like a hard border, like a river. So, but if yeah. any any greenery that's connected, it's oh. like. It's kind of like setting fires in Far Cry and you just kind of watch it go, go out of control. And I was like, yeah. oh, I hope this pays off because this is way more than I thought it <laughs> Yeah. But then you get the cool forests you can build on top of. Yeah. See, I didn't know that at the time. At the time, I was having a heart attack of like, can I? <laughs> like I had the Tiger King moment of like, I will never financially recover from this. <laughs> all the, yeah. All the then you, then you unlock the, Arbor, the Arboretum and uh, all is right again. Uh, I don't know if I have that yet. I have trying to think of uh the the last i i got like the cloud thing like the machinery you put in the river and it basically okay yeah pumps yeah. humidity or co2 or whatever it is into yeah yeah it's like a really good shortcut to jack that meter up yeah um yeah i've, I've gotten those i i might not be to the arbor have you gotten yet. the thing that uh that dries the air out or that uh, increases the temperature 
No. I don't okay, think so. Okay. Yeah, I'd say I've only played like three-ish rounds, but I'm enjoying it so far. It's very relaxing. You yeah. know, it's it's yeah. Especially when you make it rain. I'm a person that loves rain. Like it calms me. So and the rain storms in that game, it's just very nice. You just listen to yeah. it. And it's really cool to see uh the patches of land that you haven't covered in green yet, sort of like gradually speckle themselves in green as the rain's falling and you're just like yeah and then also the satisfaction of like hey i i made that happen i made the atmosphere viable enough to where rain can happen that's cool and also it's just nice to you know just the idea of taking something that's dead and, and bringing life to it you know yeah. um like city builders i i it's weird i i like city builders but i don't really play a ton of them like i've never played city skylines even though i've always intended to but when i was a kid i played a good amount of sim city uh, especially in school when I wasn't supposed to. Hell but, yeah! Like I definitely have the mind for that sort of. Genre. I'm in the same boat. Uh, I'm I'm right there with you. Like I feel like City Skylines would probably be like right up my alley. I just have never played it. Um, yeah. But Terranel does scratch that that itch. Um, I'm in the second continent. Okay. Um, which has like uh, you're tasked with like restoring a coral reef. Ooh. Um. So there's missions and... like objective yeah okay see my thing is i don't like city builders because i'm not a fan of just like building to build and seeing it go bigger and bigger no you so. absolutely there is a goal that's cool. uh, and okay. like marcus said there's a there's a meter uh there's like three stages to every area so the first meter is establishing like base habitat like grow grass and clean the water if there's water that is because on the second world the water is filthy and you have to like purify it um, and as you fill that that base bar up, then a new set of uh, more specialized terrain will have gauges. And so it's like, okay, I need to restore the coral reef. I need to restore a treetop canopy, uh, beaches, and uh, wetlands, right? And so these are do different that. planets you mentioned? So you're like doing one it's all on the same It's planet? all on the same planet, but they're different continents. Yeah. Oh, continents. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is the planet just straight up Earth? My impression is like, oh, is this Earth after we? It might it be, up? yeah, it might be. I don't know. It's just because the one... animals are, you know, Earth animals, like bees and birds will show up. Yeah, like the first continent is like very grassland, like plains, that kind of thing. Second one is like coral reef and like desert slash say uh, coral, like coral reef and like jungle and beach. The third one, which I just got to, and I don't, I don't know what the others are, is like a glacial volcano, a volcanic glacier, is what it says. And I haven't, I, I, I saved my game and quit before doing it, so I don't know what's waiting for me. But each one of has also had like a unique mechanic. Like for instance, on the second world, you have to set up a, um, like a monorail through the throughout the biome, and you have to move buildings. Uh, from one part of the area to another, to the middle of the ocean. And yeah, so like on that level, you have to uh, create a, a building on land, fulfill the requirements for it, and then build this monorail network to then take it to the middle of the ocean uh, to help the coral reef or whatever. It's really cool. Yeah, and, and each each biome has like its own uh, distinct flavor to it. It's really fun. Where did you guys um, play this? It's on uh, PC. I'm playing it on PC. I believe it's also on mobile. Yeah, I was going to ask because I've just downloaded it on my phone because I saw it was that. And I was curious if you guys had played mobile. Do you think it, it um, translates well to that or do you think it's like a mouse Probably. and keyboard kind of game? It's a game I definitely want on Switch at a certain point. It yeah. It's like perfect for that. Just lay in bed and do whatever. I bet I'm, you know. I want to play it on Steam Deck. I mean, I guess you, is it, can you? I don't like, know. Is it Steam look. Deck verified or whatever? Uh, let me. Pull you know, I'm playing right on Steam, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's out this week. Uh, it came out this week. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's neat. Like I said, uh, it's I just find it very calming. I and it's also a great podcast game. I was playing a lot of it when I was watching Monday Night Raw. Very interesting dichotomy there. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, it's it's. It's something I want to play more of. Also, I think the animations are very satisfying. Like when you lay down that grass, yeah, like grass making machine, and you see the sprinkler just explode, and then the green that follows it, you're like, 
yeah, get rid of that ugly dirt. <laughs> some life here. It's cool. I'm, I'm definitely going to keep playing more of it. Yeah, I, I am too. I think I'm going to have to. It's going to be one of the first games I finish of 2023. Nothing's uh, really. Have you not finished my... anything? Uh, very little. I'm sure I've finished some stuff, but I haven't played many of the big releases this year. I've just been, you know, on that self care grind, that Fortnite grind, you know? Yeah. I like that self care equates to Fortnite. <laughs> hey, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Uh, but, but Terra Nil is very much like the thing, one of the games I've been waiting for. Um, and I am looking on Reddit. It looks like, uh, Oh, and Steam Deck HQ, Terra Nil is a great strategy game that shines, and it runs well on Steam Deck. Okay, cool. Great. That sounds like other folks have tried that out, and uh, according to them, it works. So I'm excited. I think that's that's going to be part of my plan. Yeah, I just downloaded it on yeah. my phone. You guys sold me. Sounds Hell yeah. very fun. It's great. Again, it's spelled T-E-R-R-A space N-I-L, Terra Nil, Devolver is publishing it if uh if folks oh, uh nice. maybe that sparks people's memory but yeah uh marcus take us home you've been playing dordone dordone dordogne i was excited for this segment because i wanted to see how you would attempt to pronounce it i'm going with dordone i think you're correct it is spelled d-o-r-d-o-g-n-e it is uh, a real life city or not even city i think it's like a small village in the countryside of france which is oh yeah then it's got to be dordogne right that sounds french i've only heard it pronounced twice in game and both times it sounded it was two different characters and they sounded slightly different so i was like wait which one's the right mm. one but yeah i think dordogne uh if you want to dordogne dordogne mm-hmm. that sounds a little more italian as someone who's like french <laughs> yeah you're doing it is right. that right I don't. Yeah. I don't speak French, but but you, but you do. You are French. Yeah, yeah. My last name. Leblanc. French. Leblanc. Leblanc. Dodon. Leblanc. Dodon. Leblanc. Leblanc. Living in Dodon. Yeah. Every time that you got right. angry at crime boss, you were like chocolate bleu. <laughs> 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 Through your controller. <laughs> there were times where I put. I didn't throw my controller because I don't do that, but I put the controller down out of fear. <laughs> that I might I very angrily but I've I've never thrown controller a controller. Down. No, me either. I've put it since oh, no. I was my mom like, would have murdered me if I Yeah, did. not yeah. since I was like <laughs> 6 years old. I I don't think I've ever thrown a controller. If I was like I the things. kids are like uh, throw have you ever heard I generally like, don't yeah. throw things. You're like, yeah, I broke my controller in half cuz I was so angry. Yeah, that like, is not okay. Go to therapy. <laughs> yes. That's how I knew that who the rich kids were like, oh, you guys have controller throwing money, apparently. Yeah. Because <laughs> even if yeah. I wanted to, just Imagine that the, alone would the stop me. People that me, throw like, controllers <laughs> into TVs, dude. If I ever did that as a kid, I would dude. not ever be like, video games would not be a part of my life because my you parents would have never. <laughs> yeah. I would be non existent, Wesley. Your French parents would have flipped out. Yeah. They would have sent me back to the. They would have sent you to Dodon yeah. for uh, boarding school. <laughs> But uh, yeah, Dordogne, it's uh, a game I've had my eye on for a couple of years now. It's been floating around for a hot minute. Uh, and it's it was playable at PAX and uh, GDC. It's supposed to come out sometime this year by a French studio. It's being published by Focus Entertainment. And it's this really, really pretty narrative adventure game where you play as this young woman named Mimi who is taking a trip to her recently deceased grandmother's uh, cottage uh, or house in in Dordogne to the chagrin of her father. For whatever reason, there's a bit of a mystery where uh, you're talking to your dad and for what your dad and your grandmother have some sort of a strange relationship where they, they just didn't get along for whatever reason. And he's kind of against you going back, but you're kind of, searching for answers for some reason and there's an interesting hook because you go to the house and for whatever reason Mimi doesn't remember anything about her time there or the house like she's just shy of being like I had a grandmother and it's it's weird because it it comes off less of like regular memory loss and more like something else is at play there Um, but the game has this very pretty watercolor art style like every scene looks like a almost like a storybook page and 
you're navigating Mimi through the house, but the kicker is that every time you find sort of a, an object that recalls a memory, you're then taken back in time to a child version of Mimi. And that seems to be where the bulk of the game takes place as she's reliving a memory where young Mimi spent a summer with her grandmother, Nora, and reliving the memories of that summer. Uh, you're going around, you're, it's got like light point and click elements where, but it's actually really playful where you interact with say a drawer and you're, instead of just clicking it, you're like clicking and dragging to pull it out. There's more interactions like, okay, I'm going to use a screwdriver to open this thing. So I'm going to click, drag it. I'm playing on a controller, spin the stick to turn and then yank it back out. So uh, a little bit more interactive in that sense. Uh, There's also uh, collectibles like stamps you're finding and you're filling out this sort of a memory book of Mimi as a kid where you're uh, you get a camera at a certain point. You're taking pictures of stuff and your grandmother's basically encouraging you to build like like I said, the scrapbook of memories because Mimi as a kid wasn't happy to spend the summer there because she wanted to be with her friends. And it's just her kind of learning to form a relationship with her grandmother who is said to be maybe a little abrasive but also like loves you and a lot of that is because of whatever problem you she has with your dad uh so yeah i think the game is just piecing together what happened during that summer what was their relationship like and maybe learning what was the falling out between your dad and your grandmother you're finding letters uh, along the way sort of piecing in some backstory for your grandmother and your grandparents uh collectively because your grandpa has passed away uh but it's just a very charming game like there's uh from what i've seen so far like there's a press demo that i got it was about an hour long took me through the first two chapters of the game but the writing is really good i think the like for the art is good the music is very pleasing and it's just the story i'm i want to see more of it there's a heart to the writing from like the central mystery of figuring out what happened and why Mimi doesn't remember anything at all until she finds something. Uh, and even just the, just the, the flashback stories of seeing Nora and Mimi's relationship blossom. Like I want to see more of that, especially as someone that has, that can relate of having to spend summers with a relative when you'd rather just stay home with your friends and, you know, trying to navigate and learn how to make that work. And, you know, eventually you, you grow to appreciate it. So that part of the game is singing to me, but it's, it's cool. I, I, it's just one of those games that makes you smile the entire time while also having enough there that seems genuinely captivating. Sure. You want to keep playing it. Yeah. And it's a game that hasn't had the most sort of public showings either. Like I've kept an eye on it personally, but like trailers have been very few and far between. You get like one a year at this point. Yeah, you mentioned it yesterday. I think you said you were checking it out. And yeah. I was like, I don't even know what that is. And then I looked it up and I was like, oh, this looks great. But I'd never heard of it. Yeah, it's, uh, it's again, it's supposed to be coming out, I think they last said around the summer, maybe late spring. It doesn't have a release date yet, but it's, it's this year. And at least the fact that they're demoing it publicly at like big events is a good sign. Uh, but yeah, I it's, it's on my radar. It's definitely one I'm going to check out when it releases because i really enjoyed my time with the demo hell yeah nice that sounds great i uh i admittedly was confusing it with uh dwarf romantic mm. <laughs> the puzzle game <laughs> just the ti- <laughs> just because of the title similar dwarf. i don't know why I-, I feel awful but um which came out last year for some reason i forgot that it had come out yeah i reviewed uh, that yeah yeah now that you say that i, I remember that but uh but yeah well cool um i think that's gonna do it for the show this week i'm trying to think i mean we got a lot of stuff coming up i'm really excited for uh you know uh, our next cover is coming soon uh we've got some changes coming to the podcast it's gonna be a good time um we got a ton of stuff over on gameinformer.com as well as um you know if you want to support us the best way to do that is to get a subscription to the magazine uh, you can do that for uh, what fifteen a year for digital and twenty a year for physical. You can get the digital in the app store, or, or go into uh, and get a Power Up Rewards membership. 
uh, via GameStop. But yeah, we really appreciate your support. I do want to give a shout out to this week's podcast review. It was very short and sweet. App Store Nick B left us a five-star review saying solid. Um, so thank you, App Store Nick B, uh, for taking the time out of your week, your week to, to write that review. Uh, oh, that does... was it? Yeah, that was it. Yeah, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, that's great. I just, I was waiting for more. <laughs> I, thank you. It, uh, it, it does help us out a lot. So thanks for, for taking the time out of your week to go and do that. Uh, of course, if you listen on Spotify, you can rate the show there. We'd love it if you gave us a five-star rating on Spotify, uh, and Apple podcasts. Go and follow this lovely crew here on social media this week. Uh, you can follow Wes at LeBlanc Wes. It's L-E-B-L-A-N-C-W-E-S. And follow Marcus at Marcus Stewart 7 Exactly how it sounds. Uh, and you can follow me at It's Van Aiken. That's A-K-E-N. And, uh, of course, go and follow Game Informer on all of the socials at Game Informer on Twitter and at Game Informer Magazine on Instagram. And uh, go listen to All Things Nintendo, which is our other weekly video game podcast uh, all about Nintendo, if it wasn't obvious. Uh, and then lastly, shout out to Matt Storm, a.k.a. Stormageddon, uh, our podcast editor. They are a podcaster uh, themselves. You can go and listen to their shows, Fun and Games, and Reignite which is a Bioware podcast. Guys, you have anything to say to the people before we get out of here? Don't play Crime Boss Rock City. <laughs> awesome. Just a cautionary PSA. Yeah. I don't know. Be good people. Be nice to each other. Give someone awesome. a hug. But if they consent to the hug. Yeah. Don't, yeah. don't hug yeah. random people. That's Don't do yeah, that. That's, yeah, don't do that. It's weird. All right. Bye. Bye.